There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. the hockey talking show and we are on the air i'm co-host tom and with me as always he's um not so much streaking down the right wing as he's just kind of you know he's getting pucks deep and he's grinding he's uh he's on the boards heavy it's co-host randy how are you doing today good sir you know it's been a long season uh, you know, I've got some nagging injuries, still, still giving it 110%, but you know, there's some lingering issues. Uh, but you know, it's no excuse. Our keeper played well, kept us in there and, uh, yeah, we just got to get pucks deep. That's pretty much what I like to hear there, buddy. Uh, you know, you're saying all the right things and, uh, you know, uh, at this time of year, we're all just, we got one goal in mind and that's, uh, to get pucks deep for, uh, you know, and to win the last game of the season. Because if you do that, hey, you're uh, lifting the big one, the Stanley Cup, right? Or uh, whatever trophy uh, you're playing for. Um, of course, you and I, we haven't played much hockey in the last year, in the last calendar year, what with this whole pandemic and all. But uh, that's, a, that's a story for another day. Um, Randy, it's episode 23, season three episode 23 and wait have okay. we passed our 50th episode uh i'm gonna have to get the intern to do the math on that one but <laughs> i, think, I, I think can't we, remember i think we'd be or i think we're close because i think f- episode 46 was like with uh russ rankin okay so I we might be counting close. like a while ago and it i might be close this might be 50 yeah. Who knows? <laughs> well, we were going to do an in-person inter- uh, in-person episode again, and then we got these new, yeah. you know, pandemic restrictions or whatever. So, yeah, so. We'll, we'll push it like 60. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so 23, Six, episode 23. is the new 50. Yeah. yeah. But this is season three, episode 23. And, um, yeah, we've been doing the show for a couple years now, since 2019. We're the original Talk and Hockey podcast. There might be other ones out there called Talking Hockey, but Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, that's us. You're listening. On today's show, we've got Chris number two from Anti Flag. He's bass playing, hockey playing, just a super nice guy. And it's going to be a great interview. So be sure to stay tuned for that coming up shortly. Uh, but first, we have a list to get to. Yeah, that's right. We want to go through the list of number 23s because we like to name our episodes after the number of a guy who's whatever. And I'm calling this one, the first one that came to mind, the first 23 that came to mind, Brian Bellows. This is episode Bellows. Um, You know, Brian Bellows was like a longtime Minnesota North star. He also played for Montreal, which like, I don't remember that, to be honest. He played, although you know what? he would have been on the Stanley cup winning Montreal team in 1993. So why don't I remember that? 
Hard to say, but uh, he was he was part of the supporting cast, I guess. Yeah, he wasn't your Kirk Mullers or Guy Carbonos of the team, but like, you know, that year he did have forty goals. So, <laughs> you know, it was a it was a really busy time of the year. Uh, you you had a lot of homework. <laughs> I guess so, right? Yeah, exactly. So, but I I remember Brian Bell as a as a Minnesota North Star, and that's where oh, he played time. seven. Yeah, that's where he played seven hundred and fifty games. You know, and uh, he he ended his career, you know, 17 years in the NHL, over 1,100 games, over 1,000 points, um, career minus 120, but who's, you know, oh. they tell me that's an irrelevant it's, stat. It's just a number. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, Brian Bellows, he's a beauty. And um, just picture that, picture that green Minnesota North Stars. Big time. He, Here's a quick list of other 23s, Randy. I've got for you, clear the track. Here comes Eddie Shack. He wore number 23. I got Peter Swoboda, uh, the guy who forgot to put an E in his first name. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got one E, forgot the second E. Yeah, every time, um, he, every time he types his name into Microsoft Word. <laughs> just autocorrects. He's like, God damn it, it's my name! Uh, we got... Bob Nystrom of those Islanders cup winning teams. Um, uh, Milan Hayduke, Colorado Avalanche, uh, you know, probably played for their cup winning teams. We got, uh, how about Todd Gill? I remember Todd Gill as a Toronto Maple Leaf with the sweetest of mullets, just a very lush and well-defined party in the uh, business in the front party in the back. So, Todd Gill. How about that guy? How about Hall of Famer Bob Gainey? That guy wore number 23 for the Montreal Canadiens. And he is what you might call a legend. Um, I'll do two more for you here. J.P. Parise. He wore number 23 for the Cleveland Barons. J.P., of course, most famous for being Zach Parise's dad, I guess. Uh, and then Murray Barron also wore number 23 and Murray Barron. Now maybe I'm misremembering, but if I remember correctly, Murray Barron, that guy could chuck knuckles uh, with the best of them. Big time. Like that's basically, I hear the name Murray Barron and I'm like, Oh yeah, he, uh, he was a scrappy young, young fellow, wasn't he? <laughs> so that's your list of numbers 23s that I found to be notable <laughs> according to my sources. Okay, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I've got a very important question. I'm all ears. And we only have four minutes. Here in Winnipeg, us hockey fans have gone through some some struggles lately. The Jets won, what, like two of their last... 11. 11. So, it was, you know, it was a pretty stressful time. It's like not the kind of thing you want to go, go through just before playoffs. But, yeah. you know, you had these ongoing things saying like, oh, maybe it'll be better if the Jets end up facing the Leafs because then maybe they've got a better chance. Always, it's not a, not a great look if you try and pick your opponent because yeah. um, one thing that was getting floated around quite a bit, and this is my question for you, Tommy, you know, a lot of people weren't picking the Jets to finish into third. They were picking them maybe sixth or fifth. So shouldn't you be thankful? Shouldn't you be grateful that the Jets are finishing third? In my opinion, I would be like, no, we were that much. We were that close to first. Like we were, we were right. Not we, they, I'm not on the team, right? But they were right there. You're the towel boy. Yeah. They were right <laughs> there. They, they could have had it, but it's very frustrating to see them fall. 
It's exactly. like, it's like if you had a thousand dollars and then you lost it, you wouldn't be like, Oh, that was fine because I used to have a thousand and you know, like it's like they were right there. So my thoughts for you, it's like, are you satisfied with the jets finishing third or are you kind of frustrated seeing them slide a little bit at the end of this? Well, season? yeah, I guess there's a bit of frustration for sure, Randy, because like at the start of the year, before the season even really started, if you had said, you know what, the jets are going to finish third in the North this year. I think probably most Jets fans would have been like, all right, right on. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, but then we saw like through the season and they, I don't know if they overachieved or if they just achieved to their level and everybody was caught off guard by that. And they thought, oh, like, you know, here's a team. They were flirting with first, first place for a while there and going back about a month, a little more than a month ago, there was a couple showdowns, I think, between the Leafs and the Jets, and it was billed as a battle for first place. And then the Jets have, have like you, you said, kind of lost, you know, nine of 11, basically. And now they're in third. They, they did have a bit of a cushion on the Oilers. The Oilers have been playing really well and kind of passed them. So, yeah, I guess like there's some disappointment to that because it was that they were battling for first and it was like, you know, despite the fact that if you had a said before the season, they'd be in third place, you know, you'd be happy with that. But like, I, I, I think Randy, uh, like you're a little bit disappointed, but I guess honestly, like since Toronto kind of took first and has had first place locked in pretty much all season, aside from that brief moment where Edmonton challenged them and Winnipeg challenged them and Toronto came out of that pretty unscathed and, and went on to continue holding first place like you could you could basically say like you know what's the difference between second and third you know it's home ice advantage but there's no fans in the building and the Jets have a terrible home record so kind of who cares I guess <laughs> it was there to grasp like number the first place was there to grasp or like to send a message or whatever to like go into the playoffs with with uh, some some, uh, you know, momentum. Some moxie. Yeah, but, you know, they kind of tripped into the playoffs, and th that's fine. I guess that's the way it's going to be. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's a brand new season that starts on Wednesday. Um, but all that being said, uh, sorry, Tommy, I, I was paying attention, but I was also working the phones here. We've got our, <laughs> we've got our guests lined up for next, yeah. next week, but I won't say it now. We'll say it at the very end of the episode. Okay. But, but you have to. So well, folks, our, our guest for this week, Chris number two, uh, looks like he's ready to go. So we got to get over to him. But first, before we do that, this is Unbreakable by Antiflame. Make you feel like you're nothing 
number two thank you for joining us on talking hockey the hockey talking show great to have you here it's an honor um it is one of the things that i enjoy talking about the most but get (laughs) asked about the least (laughs) (laughs) well we'll be sure to uh ask you more than more than uh you can handle so or we'll try to anyway so um yeah so we'll just we'll kick things off here with a little bit of um just uh banter i guess about beer league hockey is that where we want to start randy it's a seems like a good good place to to start yeah for sure chris just tell us a bit a bit about like what's the scene like hockey scene like that you're there in 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 pittsburgh there yeah it's um it's pretty it's pretty crazy because so i played um i played pretty competitively when i was a kid and um you know even with Mario Lemieux coming to town in 84, um, you know, in the early nineties when the Penguins were winning um, and hockey was growing as a sport here, we didn't have a ton of great talent. Like we didn't have any junior A teams, you know, the highest you could play is junior B here. And um, that's all changed now because of that. And it, 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 so it was pretty crazy to, you know, I, I thought that I was going to go to college and play hockey in college, and that was what I was going to do. And then I started playing music, and um, right around the time that I was coming of age of, you know, would become the backbone of the art that I create in questioning the people that are in authority positions and all of that, that kind of culminated at, like, 16 with a coach and then I I stopped playing hockey um uh going into my senior year of high school and started focusing heavily on music and joined anti-flag later um 
that same year. And then it was kind of hit the ground running with music and I never really looked back. And then, um, you know, again, Sidney Crosby coming to town lit another fire. And so around 2005, I was probably closer to 2008. I started to get back into it and explore, um, the adult league and beer league scene here. And, um, it's pretty crazy. I mean, we have some really, really fast and really competitive leagues. Um, uh, and there are so many of them. And so yes. it's kind of really good for me um, in a normal life where we're touring a lot. I'm on three teams so that I can <laughs> as much as I can when I'm home. Um, but now that I'm home all the time and I'm on three teams, I'm playing a lot of hockey right That's now. Great. Yeah. yeah so, so it's been really, it's kind of kept me, you know, we, the ranks opened up pretty quickly um, here pandemic wise, we're playing with masks on and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, thankfully it's been, it's gone through and only once I can remember off the top of my head was a rink that, you know, had a COVID exposure and then they had to shut things down for two weeks, but knock on wood it's been um it's been really safe and worked and um i'm grateful because i'm this pandemic and the shutdown scratches an itch of the worst parts of my personality i love doing nothing i can just sit and you know just watch hockey and just yeah. and, you know um so the fact that the rinks are open it does get me out and i'm i'm i i am thankfully haven't become a schlub over the last year and a half. <laughs> that, that's, that's interesting uh, i will just curious just the you know the the basics what what's your position which way which way do you shoot and what's your number <laughs> yeah so um i um uh i shoot right um i play left wing um uh which is not a, you know, shitty political punk band pun. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's my, yeah, it's the position I've always gravitated towards. Um, and I, this, is, I hate telling the story because it's very embarrassing, but when I was a kid, <laughs> Sergei Fedorov was my favorite player. Yeah. I thought it was uh, inappropriate for me to take my favorite player's number. So I took, 19 instead of 91 um and i was well aware of steve eiserman i don't know why i thought that, that was <laughs> like it wasn't like uh yeah. like, oh. so now when i look at it with an adult brain i'm like what the fuck were you thinking <laughs> so i've been 19 the whole time um and it's really funny because anytime we play somewhere, like we'll do a charity game or something like that, I always get the number two and, and they always give me oh, the jersey yeah. and I turn it around and I'm like, oh, and I'm going to have to like remember there was a gift, you know, like <laughs> don't be bummed. Yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah. And actually uh, Tom is number 74. And I'm number 46, and we, we've dubbed ourselves the Beer League Kostitsins. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I only took 74 because it was basically given to me one year, like when I started playing, like a similar to you kind of thing, when you're 16, 17 years old, you quit because there's other things to do. Come back to it as an adult. Uh, the team I joined, they were like, well, here's a jersey that fits you <laughs> yeah, 74 but yeah, i always a, liked 19 as well though it's a famous linebacker you know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah so so uh, i 
and you know obviously 19 there's a lot of adult league adult league stigma around the type of player who wears 19 and so <laughs> it all gets me a little bit you know but um i've got to hold true to it i did it when i was fucking 10 years old and so i'm sticking to it or whatever yeah. Well, that, that's number. just, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're dedicated to the number and that, that's cool. Like, it's always cool. Like everyone's got like an interesting story on, on what number they become attached to and why and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, just uh, kind of another hockey related question. And it's kind of, it's also something that we, uh, we had Eric Melvin on, on the show last week. And, it, uh, you know, uh, uh, we asked him the question, like if, if punk bands were hockey teams, who would be like the best team out there? And like what, where I was going with it was just, just to kind of find out more like who else is playing hockey out there in, in, in the scene like that. So like, are, are there other, like we were aware of obviously propaganda and Eric Melvin, we actually Melvin skated with us once uh, here in Winnipeg. Um, So is there, who else out there? Like we actually Russ Rankin we've talked to as well. Um, Who else out there is playing hockey? There's, there's a lot. And, and I've, I've really, um, I've taken it as a badge of honor to become like the Pied Piper of rockers who were former hockey players and getting them back into it. And so there are a few that I've been really successful with. Um, Melvin was an understudy of mine when he (laughs) tried to do this. And I was like, we're going to do this. We did a tour together and we would have these great conversations where he was like, Chris, they want me to do drugs tonight, but I know that we have to play hockey in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, you really shouldn't do the drugs tonight, maybe. And and I would win, you know, one out of three times. I would <laughs> the drugs would win a lot more than I would, but I, I got him out. And and um, so he's someone that I'm really happy is still playing the game and still involved with it. Um, another one was Jay Weinberg, um, who plays in Slipknot. He wasn't against me. Um, He's a goalie, and uh, and he actually loved Johan Hedberg, and we were kind of bonding over it one day, and he was telling me about playing. I was like, you really got to do it. Like, let's just do it. And then not so – somebody paints the mask and like it's like he, he like steps back onto the ice like head to toe perfect gear and i'm like okay well you didn't have the easier way back in it you, got endorsement, you know <laughs> um, uh, but i love jay and, and he's great um tom from straight from the path uh was also a goalie when he was younger and um we brought him out on a tour we did and he got lit up and then he was like i don't think i want to do that and so now we've transitioned him into being a a, a player (laughs) (laughs) you don't retain your goalie skills 20 years later it doesn't yeah just strap him on and get right back (laughs) into it could be tough yeah for sure goalies love playing out too they uh when when you give them the chance and it's like you'll never get them back in then you're like well now we don't have a goalie (laughs) you're flirting with a it's a dangerous dance uh to to even loaning the goalie your stick for a little bit is scary um but a couple of great ones a run from saves the day um uh bo from bless the fall is a really great player um paul mark from silverstein is an amazing player um and uh, you know we did a warp tour i want to say 2016 2017 something like that and you know those guys i like was 
not talking about music, not talking about, you know, you got a new record, but it, it, everything was like, you're bringing your gear on this tour. And they're like, we've never done that before. It's going to sting up the trailer. And I'm like, I don't care. We're, you have to do it. And now all of them take their gear everywhere. So it's That's just like, great. there's a lot of, you know, it was weird when I first started doing it on tour, I would just put out on Twitter or put out on, and I didn't even have Instagram then at the time. Um, I would even put it on our website and just be like, Hey, I made up an email address. If you play hockey and you live in any of these cities, send me an email and I'll get you into the show. You just have to let me know where the rink is or what's happening. And, you know, sometimes it's sketchy and you get into somebody's car and they're <laughs> listening to anti-flag at full blast. And you're like, okay, this is not my way. This is not how I usually start my morning, but you're helping me out and we're going to the, oh, I'll deal with it. Um, but I've made a lot of really great, like actual friends um, nice. from doing it. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a kid in Toronto, um, Dan is his name. And, you know, he, the first, he hit me up through this email thing and his dad was a, you know, a coach for maybe the OHL. I can't, something in um, really high up. Um, yeah amateur hockey in Ontario and we were skating with these guys were flying and it was like it was one of the greatest skates I've ever played in because like just the connections that they knew because the dad was the coach and he just put it out and there's a rock guy coming and anybody want to hang out later and then they're like sure and then they're asking you about being in a band and touring and you realize that the world is not so far apart in terms of how the travel is and you know what your lifestyle is and I've found that a lot of professional hockey players want to be musicians and a lot of musicians want to be professional hockey players. So <laughs> there's a kinship there. I know that it's like certainly a little bit different in Canada. Um, this has been like maybe the most interesting or, 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 or um, uh, awakening thing to me is because hockey in Canada is like the national football league here it's more of the jocks and the assholes. So people in the punk community are like, Oh, you play hockey. That's kind of weird. But in the States, it's still a pretty countercultural sport. So you get a lot more freaks and weirdos who are attracted to it here. And um, so that little growing pain early, whenever I was like heavily championing ice hockey and I would have like our Canadian friends or people that listen to the band be like, yo, the guy who kicked my ass in high school was the hockey player. And I'm like, oh, that's different here, you know? So, um, but other than that, man, it's, it's really about uh, getting up early, um, trying to do things that are not the same thing every day that are not the show every day. Um, you know, it's great because I'll have the tour bus driver park the bus at the rink overnight and most of them don't care because the parking lots are big enough and then i just get up in the morning i go for a skate whenever they got shinny or drop in or whatever and come back on the bus and go to go to the show or whatever we're gonna do so um it's uh it certainly helps with my mental health and physical health for sure for sure yeah that's great like and i was trying to like think back like our team caressive steel we started around 2011 and I don't really remember like anti, like I know you might, you guys have must have been here since, but I, I can't like, I think the last time I would have saw you guys is maybe with like Alexis on fire 
um, quite a while ago. Um, but you know, the next time anti-flag comes through town, uh, you know, we'll definitely hook you up with some ice and totally. uh, full team. And, you know, we won't give you number two. We'll maybe you find you a number 19 <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We got, was we wearing got, 19 for a Steve Taylor was wearing. Yeah, 19 so he's, he's retired. We could probably yeah. get his Jersey for yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got our first awkward conversation out of the way, whenever I go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we we haven't been to Winnipeg in a very long time. And, like, even personally, I've, you know, like, I want to come and skate on the river and I want to, like, go just on my own. It doesn't even have to be for rock and roll. So it's um, it's certainly a place on my list to get to. And um, the Alexis tour, it was really funny. And um, actually another great player is Johnny from Billy Talent. Because um, okay. we did a tour with Billy Talent and Alexis – um like one right after another and um it was cool because with billy talent we were playing all the real hockey arenas and johnny and i would get really great experiences like in edmonton the equipment manager sharpened our skates um and like you know just like shit like that like the canadians invited us out to a game because the show was the day after the game like crazy stuff they give you jerseys when you play the big nhl arenas but the the like um, the minor league teams that we were playing their arenas with Alexis, those there were way less rules. So like after the show, I'm pulling up floorboards from the show, and I'm like, I got a stick, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really <laughs> this. And they would be like, oh yeah, he likes hockey, cool, you know. And I was like, yeah, this is these are my people. <laughs> much less structured, much more. Um, um, open for, you know, their, yeah, I remember specifically being where, um, the 67s played and oh, it's yeah. like a crazy arena that the, the foot, the football team, um, the Canadian football team stadium yeah. built into it. So it's like, has this weird, like bleacher thing on one side and then the arenas here. And I remember just pulling the nets off the wall. Um, I didn't ask anybody. I just was doing it. Just go for it. Yeah. Literally some, like a cop or somebody comes by and they're like, I'm going to shoot some pucks. Good job, eh? And I was like. (laughs) Straight on. Yeah. 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 It'll be a Lansdowne Park, I believe. It's called Lansdowne Field, Mm -hmm. which they just recently did a major renovation. So I wonder, they probably upgraded the hockey rink too. Yeah. 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 It was really old. It needed one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I got one more beer league question and then I'll let Tom take it over with, we got some Chris or Brandon Tanev questions for you. Okay, we, used to, we used to have him here in Winnipeg and now you the guys got Tanev fans. Yeah, yeah. We, we love Tanev, but um, quite a few years ago, this is probably like maybe 14, 15, somewhere in there. I remember Chris Hanna, like trying to pull some guys together to come down to like Indianapolis for like some sort of hockey tournament. Do you know what that was all about? Like, is that was, were you in, in on that? Yes, yeah, so I was in on that. It was um, some friends of mine who I met. Just they just hit me up. They drove me to the rink. I played on their team. Um, um, they set up a whole game, and they're like, "We want to do a show, and we want to do the whole thing." And the facility that they had was really perfect for it. Like, it had a club built into where the rink was, and so I think I thought we were pretty close on making it happen. And I know that with Chris and Propagandi, you know, obviously our politics align pretty well most of the time. And 
so there was a whole charity aspect and we were just going to come and do the show and then it just kind of went away and they play so infrequently um as it is i think it's like i didn't want to push the issue because you know like if you're only playing 20 shows a year and one of them is in the middle of indiana to play hockey <laughs> i was like this guy he needs to carry the ball because i'm not gonna force anybody to do this you know um and and we had at the time stage two or we had just left margie who still booked them or something we we were connected very closely and i remember i thought it was going to happen and then it just kind of fell apart um but um, I know that that kid is still there in uh, in Indianapolis, so we can we can make it happen in the future. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, like I remember just Chris being all gung ho about like putting a roster together of like some of the best guys from here, and it's like let's go down and like let's like show these guys or whatever. But yeah, it just never 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 came to be. But hopefully, maybe uh, maybe soon. But yeah, like I said, yeah. the, the offer still stands for whenever you guys come back, or if you just come back on your own uh, for us to get a rip in together but uh yeah we want to talk some penguins here so uh tommy take it away well sure yeah so we have a segment or semi-regular segment on our show called tanev time and oh. and we just kind of like talk about brandon tanev generally is what the what it is but he's been injured for a good while now mm -hmm. uh reports are that he was skating today i don't know if he's playing tonight yeah, he's not in tonight malkin's in tonight and they're losing three nothing oh geez since we've been on the call together <laughs> so um what are your like uh this is tanev's second season in pittsburgh now what are your sort of what's your take on brandon tanev oh you know he's got the jam he's got the stuff um no <laughs> He's a great player and his speed is clearly his, his greatest asset. Um, I think that um, the way they built this Penguins team that we have right now, he is pretty crucial to any success that they'll have in the playoffs. And so I think that that's why they're taking such time with getting him back in. Um, uh, Cause I, I think he's gonna, he's gonna live somewhere between Malkin and Carter whenever it all shakes out. Um, and I, I, cause I, I don't think he deserves fourth line minutes. I think he needs to play more, especially in the playoffs. So I I'm interested to see like, I don't know, there there's, there's a historic, you know, 2016 Penguins line, the HBK line. Yeah. And I think Tana fits into one of those roles. That of, kind of mold, yeah. 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 Where he's gonna he's gonna score a big goal. I like I can feel it already. Yeah. Like it's gonna be a shorty or it's gonna be something. And we had a few guys in like the cup runs. Jordan Stahl in two thousand and nine was that who like a lot of penalty kill time, scored a big shorthanded goal. Like and it's remarkable how you know you have you have players and, and, and we had one, uh, Dominic Simone was his name. Um, and then another one, Bo Bennett was, uh, like yeah. who are just like touted. They're going to come in. They're going to, they're going to dominate. You know, they get fucking un unimaginable chances, but they don't finish. And then there's a guy like Tanev who he might only get one or two chances a game and he scores when he gets them. And it's mm -hmm. like, that value is is really high and and also you know just like 
his speed on the penalty, he, he changed the entire way the Penguins kill penalties now. It was his, the, like he is fast to the puck and challenging every – sure. they, they, they switched from a box to being aggressive and, and, and going after the puck on the penalty kill. And so I think that's 100% uh, because of how Tanev plays. Um, so I, I'm glad to – um, yeah, he, he's constantly yeah. leading the teams he plays for in like hits and block shots and yeah. sort of all those sort of numbers. And yeah, and, and we're also just big fans of the hair that he's grown. He didn't always have this long hair when he <laughs> when he played that? in Winnipeg there. You've now, seen the photo, right? Yeah, the, the photo is just like the most <laughs> magical thing that we're big fans of that. So you know, my friend um, does graphics for the Penguins. And okay he was there on the photo day and he said they they went to him and they're like we'll take another one and he was like no it's cool <laughs> so i i think he might be self-aware of yeah. you know what he had given to the interview <laughs> oh you gotta love it so yeah i thought that that third line the penguins had uh when they were all sort of healthy of, of tanev zach Asin reese and uh teddy bluger yeah um I thought that was a really good third line. They were kind of getting it done. And then I think they all, all three of them at some point were injured and, you know, that's, that's a hockey season. I guess you can't go through it without injuries, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see like in the playoffs, uh, like I think the Penguins are sitting in first at the moment, are they not? And so uh, while when we're recording this, it's May 3rd, this will be released in, I don't know, week or two. So um might be a different situation then well the, the regular season will probably be over by then i suppose right yeah so. yeah but please pre-playoffs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Over for the penguins on saturday they have four games left so i i, I would like to see tanf play in hopefully two of them um mm-hmm. and, and i think that's what they were doing i think they purposefully kept malkin out of the washington games because tom wilson and the penguins just that's a recipe yeah. for disaster um <laughs> And so um, I think that was a tactical move, but he's got to be close because he, he, you know, was in a contact jersey and practiced yesterday or something like that. So yeah, I, um, I'm not quite sure how it's going to work. I, like, it's hard for me to um, see Carter anywhere than a center, but yeah. my friends who are Kings fans say that he played on the wing on one of those, whether 2012 or 2014, one of those Stanley Cup runs he was on the wing and that that kind of shocked me so maybe they will do keep bluger centering a third line and do carter and tanev around him um because aston reese is one of those guys who gets you know like i don't know what it even stands for it's like a coursey score or something like Mm. that it's like really high and so he gets a lot of minutes but he doesn't score and it's frust. it's so frustrating to see somebody get those chances and you're like fuck, fuck you, <laughs> damn it advanced stats you're killing me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and i don't play fantasy hockey so i don't really know anything about that it's just something i hear people who are much smarter mm-hmm. than i am at analyzing the game i just look at it and i'm like this guy has no finish get yeah. him out of Nope. hands of stone what do you how do you feel about jeff carter on the penguins now like i thought that was a pretty nice pickup at the trade deadline kind of out of nowhere and real sort of compliment maybe to the to 
gives give the Penguins a little bit of depth scoring because he's a guy who's got some finish for sure. Well, that's what I've noticed just in the handful of games is that he he's getting great chances, but they're going in. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, even in the you know, he had three goals or something in four games. And it's like, yeah, that if if this guy ends up in your as your third line center, that's incredible, you know. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's still as much as they talk about changing the game to be about speed and yada, 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 the penguins are still running off of their old model of build it from the people in the middle. And so it's Crosby, Malkin, Carter, mm. the way it was Crosby, Malkin, Stahl, the way it was, you know, um, Benino, um, uh, Crosby, Malkin. So I, I think that they're because of the minutes that Sid and Gino are going to get, that's, that's what you need. You need somebody who, whenever they're only on the ice for 10, 12 minutes, they're going to score. Um, so I, I like Carter. I think he's good. I mean, I would have been just as happy if they kind of kept things the same and, and rolled the dice with it. I'm just glad they didn't blow up those bottom uh, six lines because that's killed us. Every year that they've, you know, tried to, trade their way into a better standing it just it doesn't doesn't seem to work to me i think you need you need 80 games or 82 games to get that shit together and if you're you're doing it in this shortened season you know it's it would have been uh too much so i mean i'm anxious to see how it goes like you were talking about the end of the season i wouldn't be surprised if the penguins hold on the first place i wouldn't be surprised if they're the four seed like yeah that's a tight division yeah. And, and nobody wins. I mean, you're going to fucking, yeah, you're first place. You get to play Boston first. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's hard. And um, I think that that North division is a great example of the antithesis of that, where it's like, you've got your top two teams and then everybody else is just jockeying for who's going to, you know, get beat by the Leafs, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but I, I like the Jets. The Jets are my two-team pull pick this year. Um, so I've been watching them a bit. Um, I wish that they would have won anything in the last, what is it, two weeks now or something? Oh, like uh, yeah. yeah it's been brutal. They're on a re- real slide here for <laughs> sure, which uh, is definitely – you don't have a losing streak really at any time. and but this is not a great time to have a, a bad losing streak. So um, it doesn't instill a lot of faith in yeah. uh, Jets fans around here. That's for sure. <laughs> so, so Chris, I got one last question for you. And then maybe on our way out, we can maybe get some uh, hockey song recommendations from you if you've got a couple. Um, but so my question for you is like being a Penguins fan um, since, since the eighties, did you say? Yeah, yeah, so I was I was born in '81, and Mary okay. came in '84, and I got a hockey stick for Christmas because so did everybody. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so so you've you've seen the Penguins repeat twice, and they had a cup in the middle there in '09, like Sid's first cup. So you've got you've got five cups, and like you know me being a Jets fan since the '80s, I got I have zero. <laughs> but uh, just so did like one like what's the feeling like being a fan, like having your team win the cup, but then also like repeat, like that's gotta be insane. And they yeah, do it twice. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's remarkable. I, and I 
have a lot of empathy for people in your situation. Um, but I also, you know, will say that as a Penguins fan, it was sick to go to games for literally $10 and sit on the glass. Like we had the X generation. Our greatest player was Rico Fata, you know, and like there's a lot in between those years, there were a lot of really lean years. And so it is an interesting dichotomy to see teams that are, you know, pretty middle of the pack all the time and they never get that high high but they never get that low low and so um you know i definitely understand that what has happened in pittsburgh is something we shouldn't take for granted i don't really enjoy going to games um in at the new arena here it's like it's so clean. It's like a hospital. Everybody there got their tickets from a work function. They don't, you know, they only want to see them win. They only know that they're Stanley Cup champions. There's not a lot of love for the game itself versus when you would go when they were there, they won those first two cups. Um, they, you know, they hadn't won in 30 years. And so that energy was untouchable. And so if you've experienced that and now you experience this new version of it, that's like, you know, very stale and very just like, oh, I got to get it. I got to beat traffic. It doesn't matter what the game is or where everybody's leaving, you know, um, that's, it frustrates me and I don't like it having that much power over me. So I just remove myself from this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like that's kind of a function of new sports arenas though. The chairs are so comfy, you know, yeah. there's all the amenities all that kind of stuff and the old the old uh, rinks and whatever you know it was you're you're crammed in there it's not very comfortable you but yeah anyway sorry yeah. I, I cut you off there but. <laughs> cool, cool. i have two melon arena seats in my house and oh they nice are not, they are not comfortable <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're for show not for sitting exactly, yeah. so is that like is that the igloo you mean is that yeah, those yeah yeah cool yeah. and so, it's yeah, I, I just, to wrap it up, I mean, I understand that the success breeds complacency because we have a great model of that in the Steelers. The Steelers, you know, always win. I mean, the you know, it, it's, it's not only do they always win in a 16-game season, they haven't had a losing season in like 20 years or something like that. And so it's you you just see it everywhere it's like okay well this is you know what you're going to get it's kind of and so it is the rebuild years for as difficult as they are i do think that they to those of us that are invested in the game it really is an interesting story and it's engaging and it captivates you and then when you see Sidney crosby and evgeny malkin turn into what they've turned into I have a much greater respect for the people that, you know, are builders of the teams and the architects of dynasties, because this is as close as you get, you know, like totally. you're not going to have somebody winning four cups in a row anymore. Not you anymore know? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm, I enjoy, I enjoy that every game is competitive, you know, like right now they're losing to the flyers, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> nothing is um, uh, the parody is real, but, um, I also 
I look forward to in a couple of years when they're rebuilding and I can just go to the game in an afternoon and enjoy myself. Cause there's just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're right though. Like they did have some lean years and the, which afforded them to get, you know, Crosby, Malkin, Flurry, and, and stall all on a row there. And exactly. Latang, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, you, I guess you have to lose some to, to win, to win those or to get those draft picks. But uh, on the way out. Yeah. I'm just curious if you had any hockey tunes or, hockey themed tunes or or just tunes in general like stuff that you like to play before you play hockey uh unlike how you said you were bumping anti-flag in the car on that on the drive to the ring was it the one yeah the song that appeared in nhl 07 is that the one that he was blaring in the car no it was it was they were deep cuts to show me how committed he was that's great um The two songs I'll say, um, one is video game related, and I do think that the best NHL video game song is Billy Talent, Red Flag. Um, it, when I first heard it, like, I what really wasn't, I knew them, and we were kind of, like, skirting around being friends. There was some mutual respect for one another, but I didn't know them. We hadn't toured together yet, and some bus in Europe uh, had a PlayStation and I went and I bought the game and it was like the first song and it came on and I like played that game every day of that tour and heard that song so much that I understand why um, having your music and video games at that time was valuable. Now it's less valuable because everything's on the internet or whatever, you know, but um yeah, that one to me still, I like immediately associate it with the title page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll go with that. And then uh, as an anti-flag song, I think that um, the arena here and a couple of arenas around have been playing a song from our new record called Unbreakable, um, which interestingly enough, was, you know, Justin who wrote the song, his mom had died of cancer and he kind of just wrote it from this personal space of overcoming adversity and you know obviously we want everything to be applicable to social justice and movements that are empathetic based and so we kind of changed a lot of the lyrics but the chorus is unbreakable and then they play that in the hockey arena and i was like oh yeah i didn't even see that i didn't even (laughs) but there it is yeah so uh, but yeah i mean this is great I, I will, anytime you need to check in on Tanev, just give me a call. hundred percent. Oh, Sounds good. <laughs> well, yeah, we thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, we always like to tell the listeners to keep their stick on the ice, you know, check your lie and uh, get pucks deep in quick shifts. So yeah, uh, yeah know, we'll go. Check, we'll go. Check, check. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go out on a, uh, on red flag by Billy Talon. Here we go. Boom. Right on. Thanks for nice. joining us, Chris. Yeah, thanks. thanks so much. Actually, one more thing. Do yeah. you know do you know where the name Billy Talent comes from? Yes, yeah, so there's a character. Yeah, have um, you yeah. seen the movie? I haven't seen the movie. Oh, okay. yeah. oh it's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic. I, I thought it was a book. Um, I didn't know well, it was a No, it was it was a, a a book originally, but then this famous Canadian filmmaker named Bruce McDonald turned it into a movie called Hardcore Logo. Okay. And, and uh, it's like a, a mockumentary, like, yeah. so like by profession, I'm a filmmaker, like I'm a documentary filmmaker. And that was the film that I watched as a 16 year old. That was like, this is what I need to do with my life kind of thing. And it's, so, it, it's, it's, it's made 
like it's like a mockumentary like it's almost like spinal tap where you think it's real yeah um, like but it's, it's, it's so it's so awesome and billy talent is the guitar player from hardcore logo yeah. okay my my question to you is does did that make you as a kid did that make you like the band or not like the band like the band billy talent yeah yeah um, I guess maybe I didn't like them at first because they <laughs> took the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but but then I came around because like yeah, Billy Talent's like is such a solid, solid like just you can just the they're a genuine band. Like you can yeah. just sense that. I've never met the guys or whatever, but like you can just sense they're they're a bunch of genuine folks. It's funny to me because like I mentioned earlier about you know when I was you know, talking about hockey and I'd have somebody come up to me and be like, yeah, all the jocks in my high school were hockey players. I'm like, oh shit, we had different experiences with it. It's the same thing with Billy Talent because they were so famous in Canada. Yeah. But over here, they're still a small band, you know? And so like, I associate them with being very successful, but in the same way that, you know, Anti-Flag can play a festival or whatever to 50,000 people, that doesn't mean I'm anything. Then the next day we go play and there's fucking 20 people there. Like, <laughs> you, know, like you eat shit one day and you eat well the other day. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when I talk about Billy Town with people from Canada, they're like, oh, that fucking band was on the radio all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, we had different experiences. With them. <laughs> they're the video game band for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they definitely had uh, a, a lot of exposure that I don't know, like, was that 20 years ago? Was it 10 years ago? Like, I don't even remember. But, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But there's a line from uh, Hardcore Logo that I still quote all the time. And it's when it's not to give away the movie, but like he's at the end and they're having the big freak out or whatever. And he's, I think it's the end. And he, anyway, he goes, thank you, Edmonton. Good night. And just walks off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so whenever I'm like, out, I'm, whenever it's like time to go, I'm just like, thank you, Edmonton. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, um, I actually have a game tonight at nine 30. So I got right on. We'll get your pregame meal in yeah. and tape your yeah. stick and get to the rink. <laughs> yeah. all right boys be good all right thank you very much for joining us chris that was great can't wait to hit the ice with you in the future tommy the talking hockey phone is ringing off the hook i like it um you know we've had russ rankin we've had grant lawrence we had the zambonis we had eric melvin we just had chris number two right now coming up next week we've got chris hannah our teammate from crest of steel and also of a band that you may have heard of called Propagandi. So tune in oh, next week for nice. Chris Hanna. Nice. Wow, that'll be a doozy. So super excited. Join us next week. Thanks for joining us this week. Look, keep your uh, stick on the ice. Keep both hands on your stick. Um, quick shifts, pucks deep. Always check your lie. We're going to go out on a song here. This is Red Flag by Billy Talon. Check you next week. Our minds of kids And they'll show us a thing or two